morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, your announcer for this, the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is a lay minister, Bruce Sletton, and his, the organist is Mrs. Susan Sinegar. Today's order of service is at www.trinity1874.com. Our radio broadcast today is sponsored by St. John's Lutheran Church, Stones Prairie, and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship this morning. It's good to be with you all here in the Lord's house to worship and to receive his wonderful gifts of word and sacrament here this morning. Uh, Please stand and greet each other this morning. Wave from wherever you happen to be. Wave everybody in the back and say hi today. All right, and as I'm sure that uh, many of you read uh, before coming to worship this morning, we're going to be doing communion in an experimental way, uh, a little bit differently than how we have been in the past. Um, So how this is going to work is we're going to go through worship just as we do, as kind of we always have. And then if you look in your bulletin at the very end, okay, uh, I'm sorry, well, at the page that has the uh, offering and offertory at the top of it, Okay. If you look at that page, we'll sing the offering and the offertory, and then we will, of course, do the prayer of the church. Uh, I will pronounce the benediction, as we always do. We'll sing our last hymn. Uh, and then at that point, um, if you are planning to stay for communion, then please stay. Um, if you are going to leave after communion, then you, then you have the opportunity to do that at that point. And then once that happens, we will continue through the communion liturgy as we normally do. And, if you, and then how this will work is we will dismiss the balcony, I'm sorry, we will invite the balcony folks to come down and take communion after the folks, the seniors in the front. So the seniors in the front will go first as we kind of always, always have. And then when they are done, then you simply just exit out, okay? And then after that, we're going to start in the back and kind of work our way forward. So the people in the balcony, um, then you will be uh, asked to come forward and take communion next. And then you, after you take communion, you can either exit out that door or you can walk down the two side aisles and exit out the back, back door. And then the ushers will kind of help us along with this. And then after they have uh, come through, then we will start again with the people in in the back and work our way forward. Um, The idea is is that hopefully we uh, can kind of um, keep folks from sort of congregating in the narthex. And of course, you may, once you get outside, uh, you may talk and um, visit as much as you would like. So, uh, and I'll, as we get there, I'll kind of go through this uh, again, just to make sure that we are in understanding of what we're gonna do, okay? 
Uh, with that, let's open our service today with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the gospel, your precious word of Jesus Christ, his good news, which has called us to be here this morning, to hear and to learn and to sing and to speak about his great love for us. Lord, now we ask that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. Truly, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquity. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We sing our opening hymn, When Peace Like a River, number 763. We'll sing verses 1 and 2. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Glory in his holy name. Seek the Lord and his strength. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. O oh, offspring of Abraham, his servant, Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We'll give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, give us an increase of faith, hope, and love, that receiving what you have promised, we may love what you have commanded. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Deuteronomy chapter 7. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to our fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, a faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This is the word of our Lord. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Pilsen reading comes from Romans chapter 8. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, 
who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house, who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing our next hymn, the hymn of the day, In Thee is Gladness, number 818. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is really sort of all three lessons. We're going to specifically go through the Old Testament. You want to have that in front of you. But my hope is, is that by the time that we are done with the sermon this morning, that we will have discovered what the common theme is that is running through all three of these texts. If you were 
uh, if you were either there live or listened to the midweek Bible study this uh, last week, you know the answer. So you can leave. No, don't. Please don't. It's sort of like going to the grocery store and picking out the worst fruit. It's sort of like going to pick out a new dog to take home and taking the one after you're kind of looking at all of them and then you take the one that looks like he hasn't eaten in a month. And he's pretty scraggly. And he's not exactly nice to look at and he's, he looks pretty sad. It's sort of like going to buy a car and you're in the lot and you're looking at all of the really, really pretty cars and they're all shiny and they're cleaned up and they're new and instead going with the one that is all rusted out and the paint is missing in some places, the colors don't match and it's probably missing a headlight. It's sort of like being offered the trip of a lifetime to go anywhere that you want to go for as long as you want to go, all expenses paid. And instead, you decide to go on a national tour of the greatest landfills in America. It's sort of like having your choice between the filet, the lobster, the oysters from Nova Scotia, and instead, you pick the cheeseburger Happy Meal from McDonald's. It really doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all why God picked us. You see, you and I have so many warts, so many things that are undesirable, unattractive, that it doesn't make any sense for why God picked us. We are untrustworthy. We are disobedient. We are lacking in integrity. We can't really be counted on. Not really. We are unfaithful. We are lacking in faith. We are disobeying. We are a gossiping people. And the list of our warts just goes on and on and on and on. And yet, sort of like that poor mangy mutt that is looked like he hasn't eaten for a week and is scraggly and maybe he just has one eye I don't know and yet God said these people are going to be mine these people are going to be my treasured possession let's take a look at the text and try to figure out why Deuteronomy chapter 7. Now, I'm going to read to you the first verses of this chapter that will give the context to our actual text, which is verses 6 through 9. So, starting at verse 1 of chapter 7, the Lord is talking to his people, and he says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. 
You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons. For they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. And the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you, and he would destroy you quickly. But thus shall you deal with them. You shall break down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and chop down their ashram and burn their carved images with fire. And now the text. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all of the peoples who were on the face of the earth. When it comes to God and what he is looking for and what he wants, there is only one thing that is allowed to even come close to him. Perfection. Holiness. Being set apart from everything else, specifically everything else that is sinful and bad and ugly. And this is why in the verses previous that I just read, this is why God says, now you people, before you go into this holy land, I'm going to make sure that you can clear it all out. All of the people who would turn you away from me, they all have to leave. And God doesn't say, well, just make sure that you go and then tell them, would you please leave? He didn't say that. He didn't say anything close to that. He said, you're going to go and you're going to wipe them out. You're going to kill them all and get rid of them. That's how serious God is about, about this. That's how serious that God is about when something that he deems as holy needs to remain holy, set apart for his purposes. So God says, you're going to go in and you're going to wipe and you're, you're going to wipe them all out. You are not allowed to intermarry with any of them and all of their false gods, all of their, all of their false gods. You're, you're going to wipe it all out, and you're going to destroy it, and you're going to get rid of it completely. And then in, in verse 6, he tells them why. For you are a people that is holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Remember that phrase, treasured possession, because we're going to get to that in just a moment when we talk about the gospel lesson. For you are a people who are holy, set apart. The Lord has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all of the other peoples who are on the face of the the earth, out of all of the cars in the lot, he chose you. Verse 7, and just in case the people sort of get a little bit haughty and they get a little bit full of themselves, he tells them why. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for actually you were the fewest, you were the smallest, you were the runt of all of these other people. That's, that's not why. It wasn't because of anything about them specifically that they were just great or grand or wonderful. No. It wasn't because of that. Verse 8, But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of of. Pharaoh, king of Egypt. 
You were chosen for one reason, people of God. Did you catch it? Because I love you. We want to know why. We want to know why. Well, but why, God? Why us? Of all of, the, of, the, of these other people that you could have chosen to be your chosen people, why us? And the only reason that God gives is that I love you. He doesn't say why. He doesn't say how. Now, usually when, uh, if, 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 if we are married or if we have close friends and, you know, if I tell my wife I love you and she tells me that you love me, sometimes if I'm feeling particularly, I don't know, down about myself, but, but, but honey, why do you love me? Why? I want to know. Tell me more about myself. Tell me how wonderful that I am, or at least that I can be. We want to know why. We want to know why so-and-so loves us. We want reasons for why, and yet God gives no reasons other than the fact that I love you. Why would he do that? Could it be because we're not supposed to know why? Probably. Kind of going back to the, the previous two weeks in these parables that we've been going through, we're not given a lot of the answers to the questions for why. Why did, is the sower just sort of indiscriminately throwing seed? Why is it that the enemy came and sowed weeds right on top of the good plants? And why is it, as we're going to find out in a moment, why is it that, that we are God's treasured possession? And the only reason that he gives us is because he loves us. We keep going. Verse 9, now that you know this, now that you know that I love you, now that you know why I love you, specifically because, not because you were great and numerous and, and wonderful, now that you know this, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Before God puts, uh, um, before he makes a pronouncement upon his people about how great and wonderful and awesome and majestic and mighty that he is, oftentimes you'll see him sort of give his resume, not that he has to, but he does. He gives, sort of gives his resume to his people for why he is great and wonderful and mighty and awesome. In the case of the Hebrews, oftentimes he, he will begin his sentences by saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Remember how bad that that, that place was? Yeah, I'm the one who brought you out. And he does this again and again and again. He sort of gives his people his resume. Now this is how you can know that I am God and that I keep my promises, as it says, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. You can know that I am God, he says, because of what I have done for you. And again, not because you were great or numerous or wonderful or anything that about you that you did or that you made 
yourself. But because I chose you, and again, going back to I chose you as my treasured possession. Now if you go to the gospel lesson, go to the gospel, okay? There are two parables specifically, the parable of the, of the, of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl of great price. These two parables have very often and still do get very confused. The characters get mixed up. And to be completely honest, up, up until about like 15 years ago, I thought that the reason why Jesus gives the parable of the hidden treasure is, is because I'm supposed to go and look for the kingdom. And when I find it, I'm supposed to give up everything that I have because the kingdom of heaven is so great and wonderful and grand and awesome. And I used to think that when it came to the parable of the pearl of great price, that I was the one who found the pearl. And I was so happy that I found it, that I found the kingdom of heaven, that I found Jesus, that I gave up everything that I had to get this one pearl. And it wasn't up until about 15 years ago that I realized how incredibly wrong that I was. And I've, I've preached on these parables before, so I hope you know what I'm going to say, because that would mean that you remembered what I said. In case you didn't, or in case you haven't heard me say it, here's the point. You are the hidden treasure. You are the pearl of great price. Yes, you. Yes, you, the gossiping, dishonest, what do we say? Gossiping, dishonest, untrustworthy, lacking integrity, can't be counted on, unfaithful, disobeying. You are the hidden treasure. That God was so excited that he found that he took it and he sold everything that he had and bought the field that the treasure was in so that nobody else could have it. You are the pearl of great price. Again, going back to the Old Testament text, remember, he says this for a reason. The Bible is so cool. You are a, a people for his treasured possession, right? So, in the pearl of great price, you are the pearl of great price. You, the untrustworthy, dishonest, lacking integrity, can't be counted on, unfaithful, lacking in faith, disobeying, gossiping, the list goes on, but you are the pearl of great price. That God sold everything that he had so that he could buy you. Now, if you've been listening, and I hope that you have, you know what he sold don't you? John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten Son. The best, the best that God had, that God has, and he sold it for you. He sold it for you. He sold it for me. He sold him for me. Me. This is why you are God's treasured possession. This is why you are God's holy and chosen people. Not because of, of anything that you 
have done. As we've said, the list could go on of how, of how many warts that you and I have. The list could go on and on and on. And yet God says, I'm wiping that all of that away. And you are my holy people. You are my chosen people. You are my treasured possession. And so God says, now kind of flipping back to the Deuteronomy text. Now that you know this, know therefore, people of God, that the Lord your God is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand years generations. In the study on Wednesday, a really good question was asked, you know, have, are we getting close to this, to a thousand generations? This is God's poetic way of saying forever and ever 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 and ever. To those who love him and keep his commandments forever. And then suddenly, what, what has, what happened when Jesus died? That is when you became his chosen That is when everybody became Israelites. God's holy and chosen people in which he sold everything that he had, the best that he had, his only begotten son, sent him to die a gruesome death for you and all of your failings, all of your sin, all of the times in which you haven't done what you were supposed to do as God's child, and yet he bought you, and you belong to him. And the reason why he did that, again, was to make you a holy people, to set you apart. But here's the other thing. So that when Satan comes to you and he is throwing your sins in your face and saying, see here, see here, see here, you're terrible, you're awful, you're a no good person. So that when Satan throws all of those things in your face, you can say, no. But that means I'm his. The cross means that I belong to him. And all of my sins, all of your sins have been washed away. Have been completely put to death. As as Luther says so wonderfully, he put death to death. He put your sins to death. And why? The only reason that he gives us. Because I love you. Because I love you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. Now confess the words of our Christian faith together using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was...
Please be seated. We'll take this time as an opportunity to remind everyone of the different ways that you can still give your offering and your tithe uh, to our church and to our school. Um, the first way is to simply drop off your offering or tithe in the offering basket that is in the narthex in the back. Uh, the second way is to go to the website uh, that is trinity1874.com and click on the donate button that is in the upper right hand corner at the top of the page. Um, the next way is to either mail in or bring your uh, offering or tithe to the church office during the week. Please stand as we sing the offertory. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we thank you for making this day a day of rest and worship. You have brought us safely here so we can pray, sing praises, be blessed by your word, and soon to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion. But before we do that, we want to thank you for Pastor's message of joy and hope. Remind us this week that despite our unworthiness, you chose us as your precious treasure. And for that, we give you thanks, Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, with whom all things are possible, hear our prayer for those who are dealing with illness, those who suffered an accident, those who are struggling emotionally or spiritually. This morning, we lift up to you all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Bob Yellenick, Gary Degan, Emma Conklin, Wayne, Rosemarie, John Alexander, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Judy, Louise, Dana, Florence, Sherry, Fawn, Hunter, Marilyn, Police Officer Mark Preby, Dolores Hogel, Deborah Schultze, Ross Matledge, and Bonnie Caroli. These, Lord, we lift up to you, as well as those now we name in our hearts. Lord, you are a very present help in trouble. We know you can heal. Your grace can restore health and give strength to carry on. Remove the worries and anxious fears that would seek to crush us during this time of need. Comfort all who suffer. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel as they answer the call for help. Father, we pray that you will watch over them, protect them against all harm. It is at these times that we remember to give you thanks for those who serve to protect us. Strengthen and encourage them all so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy, God of all creation, 
Since the very beginning, you have blessed marriage between man and woman. For those celebrating the anniversary of their wedding day, we ask that you give them a sense of your presence. Thank you for the blessings of love you have given to David and Jean Spree as they celebrate 40 years of marriage. Help them use this time of reflection and celebration to renew the promises made, to focus on the love that is possible when you, Jesus, are the center of their lives. Be with them. Be their health, strength, and refuge as they continue this journey of honor and love for each other and for you as their Savior. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for all who are celebrating birthdays this week. We lift up Bob Steinberg, who is celebrating 83 years of life. Father, we thank you for Bob and are so happy that he was born and have been part of our lives. Forever be with him and shower him with your love that surpasses all understanding. Keep him safe and healthy as he continues to live his life as one redeemed by Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we honor you by many names, and today we pray to you as the Lord and giver of life. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one. We lift up the family of Dorothy Osterloh as they mourn the loss of this very special lady. Lord, we give you thanks for keeping your promise of receiving into your kingdom all who believe in salvation through faith. Gracious Father, it is at these times that we ask you to give those who grieve an extra measure of your grace and love. Be with all who mourn and comfort them with the assurance that all believers will one day be with you and all the saints as we spend eternity in heaven where there is no more pain, loneliness, or despair. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please stand. Your May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. We sing the closing hymn, When Peace Like a River, number 763. We'll sing verses 3 and 4.
Please be seated. And just a few announcements at this point in the service. Uh, first of all, this week I am continuing the Facebook Live Bible study on the Church and Schools Facebook page. Uh, it's for, so for this coming Wednesday, the time will be different. We'll be doing it at 1 o'clock this Wednesday afternoon, 1 o'clock. Uh, and the Bible study will be going over the Bible readings for the next Sunday. So please join us if you are able. The, if you are not able to join us at noon, the recording of it will still be on uh, the Facebook page. So you'll be able to, to look at it later on. Uh, let's see. Uh, for confirmation this coming year, for the students that do not attend the school, so that means if you are in 7th or 8th grade but do not attend the, our school, um, please contact the church office so that I know that you will be wanting to take confirmation this year. So if you are not going to our school um, and you are wanting to still take confirmation classes, please contact the church office to let me know so I know uh, who those students will be. And then as we uh, prayed for just a moment ago, our sister in Christ, Dorothy Osterlow, went to her heavenly home on July the 20th. The visitation will be at Fawcett Mosher Funeral Home in Mount Vernon uh, today from 4 to 6 p.m. And then there will be a viewing at our church uh, tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. with the service beginning here at 3. Uh, there will be a noon luncheon for family only. Uh, please bring dishes to the Freistadt Community Center uh, by 11.30. That is all of the announcements that uh, I have. And so we will continue then uh, with the preface. Please stand. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. O Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
As our service of Holy Communion continues and concludes, I'd like to say that it has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on FreistatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things.